Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Hope everyone is doing well. Let's get some of the formalities out of the way. Subscribe if you can to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating if you can. And also, in most platforms, if you can leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated to get uh, this content out to more. I could see this and make this a bigger part of I could see this and thank Thank you to new and old listeners. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate everything, guys. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. I love chatting with some of you guys um, via all social media platforms, whether it's on Facebook, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram, at Crazy Ike Fan. I just really appreciate it. It motivates me to, to do this show, to make the show better, and to keep going. Um, just... Uh, Really appreciate you guys. Um, so let's get to it. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot to get to today, guys. Uh, first, I'm going to go over some Ike news and then talk about the big Deadby win against Adis. And um, then also preview Atromitos Ike this weekend, a bit at Betty Steady. And then also talk about the basketball team just a little bit. So let's get to it. All right. Um, and Ike news this week. Uh, a few days ago, uh, big news. Um, Aya Sofia Opaparina, next season, the 23-24 season, 2023-2024 season, is going to host the final of the Europa Conference League. Uh, very exciting news for both Ike and Greek football to be hosting a European final in that new stadium. Also, uh, beginning of next year, Karaskaki will host the um, Super Cup, the UEFA Super Cup, which is between, of course, the Champions League winner and Europa League winner of the previous season. So very exciting stuff going on in Greek football. Now, I don't know how true this is, but there was also rumors that um, after Ike was awarded the, which this had been in the works, people had been talking about this for months now, but UEFA had to inspect the stadium and had to pass inspection, what have you, blah, blah, blah. Um, after this was announced, now I don't know exactly what happened, but supposedly like Olympiacos came out with a, with a report and something about them complaining, I don't know, to Apple or to UEFA or what was going on there. But then Kadeskaki all of a sudden was awarded the, um, the, uh, Super Cup final for the beginning of next season. Um, I think this stuff was ahead of time in the works. Actually, no, they were awarded to it because it was supposed to be, I think, played in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. And they took it away from either Russia or Ukraine, one of the countries that's involved in the conflict over there. Um, and it was pulled from that, from a venue in one of those countries. And then uh, it's going to be played at Karaskaki. So very exciting news, very good news for Greek football. Hopefully they can uh, make two nice finals. So, in Ike News, Mohammadi, I briefly touched on this in the last podcast, and I had said it. his timeline looked about a month and a half away. I was wrong about that. It looks like he's about a month away from being fully fit. Uh, He's about a week and a half to two weeks, they said, from us starting to practice. So, very good news that Ike are going to get, you know, another left back or their main left back. Mohammadi had really, like solidified himself into Ike's main left back and Ameda really likes him. He 
plays the the style. He's the style of left back that Almeida really likes, and really after having a bad year last year, had really come into his own this year and had a much better year until he got hurt. You know, at the end of the World Cup. So very good news there. Um, also, in other news, yesterday uh, Rota signed a contract extension till twenty twenty six. This kid, I mean, to go back to last year to think how dreadful the defense was, he didn't look that good. Uh, it's just amazing to think how far this guy has come with, I mean, it, it's his own work ethic, and he, he can fit into any football system today. He's a good footballer, and he, of course, you guys that have been with me through the long haul, you know, like at the beginning of the year, I kind of wanted to see C.D. or I think we all wanted to see C.D. or um but we've also loved watching Rota really mature and develop into a very nice player. A player that's also uh, have been rumored to um, get a transfer this summer. So, I mean, who knows? But hats off to him. I've heard some great stories about Rota. You know, he came up from uh, the academy of Erakli, Santisalniki. And then when Erakli, that club was semi-dissolved. I mean, the club never went away, but they fell into the third tier of Greek football, they they uh, went bankrupt, basically. Um, he was let go. He was playing for the Heracles under-19 team at the time, and then he went uh, Division Two Slovakia, and then played in Division One of Slovakia, and then was picked up and went to play in Holland, and then made the Greek national team, and then Ike was able to pick him up, and he's just developed more and more, and, you know, there was even a story that uh, Kostas Ketsazoglu was telling this morning that I was listening to where he's one of the only player on the roster. I mean, a lot of players stay after and do extra work, but he's the only player that every time, every practice, will stay after every practice and practice for an hour. And you could tell that has paid off. You could tell his crosses are getting better. He's just becoming a better footballer. Uh, Hats off to him, man. That just goes to show you that hard work eventually does pay off. You just got to keep at it and good for him, especially with the disaster of a season that we had last year to keep his head up and just say, you know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prove myself and to be number one on this roster with a, I know CD is not the quality of player he was when he won a world cup, but I mean, he is ahead of a world cup winner. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Uh, hats off to him. Very good. Very good for him. Uh, glad to see him sign an extension, even though I do think he will be, um, if not on the transfer block this year, maybe next year, or, you know, and, and good for him if he gets a nice move for his career. Um, speaking of trade deadlines, the trade deadline ended the other day in Greece. Um, I, didn't, I didn't sign any players, and I know some Mike fans were a little disappointed by this. Uh, I wasn't particularly disappointed because I would rather the team wait until the summertime and get players that are starters that are going to help the team. Right now, the January transfer window is mostly used for plugging holes or if you really have like a massive hole like I did last year with midfielder in the midfielder position where none of our midfielders seemed up to par at all. And I'd rather them wait than go out and get another friends on. No disrespect to Mr. Franson. He's, I've talked about before where he's shown himself to be a professional, but he's just not the kind of quality player that I can need. Or for some reason, he just can't break into the the starting squad. 
he seems to be more of a of a bench player and a bench player that doesn't go in. But um, you know, for some reason Almeida, I mean, he has to impress Almeida to a certain extent. But he's not the player that we were looking for, and it was like a signing. I mean, the the whole, whole team management had had has the bed. You know, there's no other way to say it. Like we had known since what, mid-October, maybe early October, that we needed a midfielder, that our midfield just did not look good, and then you had until the end of January to really get things done, and nothing got done, and, you know, they went out and got friends on. I, instead of them making that type of signing, especially with the depth chart that we have now with this team, um, I would rather them take their time and not just sign a player just to sign a player. Uh, to get the player that the team needs and that Almeida wants. Um, so I don't think there's any harm there done. Um, I've been harping on them trying to get another left back since the summertime. Again, it, those of you that have been listening to the podcast for so long, I've been talking about that since summertime. I even started talking about it before they were even talking about it in the Greek media. You did, I mean, you cannot watch this team and say that, especially at that time, and say, okay, why did we not do our best to go after a left back? Um a lot of people, uh, this whole month, the talk was in the Greek media and in the Ike media, more more general, that um, Ike, we're going to look towards getting another center back. Uh, yes, I could see that there's a need there because if, you know, if Vida or Muhammadi get hurt, especially Muhammadi, not Muhammadi, I'm sorry, Mukudi gets hurt, um we could have a little bit of an issue there because Vida has just not looked like himself. He He's still a class player. He's still a very good player, uh, very uh, experienced center back, but he just has not seen himself since the World Cup break. Uh, but we can't forget, man, and I've said this before, and of course they're talking about it in the Greek media too, like we also have Mitulu there, which I think Mitulu and Mukudi is, is a good center back pairing. Now, uh, if Mukudi and, and uh, Vida get hurt, then, then we're in trouble if we guys see Zavellas and uh, Mitolu again. But I think every every team up or down, if you look at the rosters, if you, I mean, look at Olibiakos, their center back pairing right now. I mean, they they had to put Avetsos in over the weekend because the the young boy Doy was um, hurt, and you know, they're not hurt. He was um, he was serving a, a suspension for a red card that he got in the cup game earlier in the week, so. You know, everybody's going to have a little bit of weakness here and there. But, I mean, I wouldn't... I'm, I'm glad the team... To put this to bed, I'm glad the team didn't do what impulsively happens. We'll just sign a player just to sign a player. Because to bring in another, you know, a, a bad signing, it, I'd rather them not make any signings. I know that's hard. And I know, what, like, I was chatting with one of my friends from Greece that saw Libekos make all these deadline moves and... In the Greek media, they're talking about how they're good moves and this and that. Yeah, but we can't always focus on what they're doing. Like, I don't want to say that we... I don't want to say the wrong word here because definitely, like, if I say they have a complex or that some might some do this have a complex or, you know, I know complexikizabariyalex in Greek to call them that. Um, sometimes we tend to look at what other teams are doing and get a little jealous or, you know, want our team to improve a little more. Um... But we don't need to be looking at what they're doing at the, at the Limani. <laughs> you know, we saw how their summer signings worked out. So, um, anyway, so I'm not really that disappointed that we didn't make any last-minute signings. 
during the trade deadline. And what I'm more glad of is that we didn't have anyone leave. Um, cause I know there were some offers for Levy Garcia. I know there were some offers for Rota. Uh, I think there were some offers from Germany for Gatsinovich. So uh, the team stayed intact, which is even better for me. All right. So let's move to this Adis game. First half of the match, uh, so I listened to most of the first half. I got home probably around the 30th minute, so I was able to catch the last like 10, 15 minutes of the half. But from what I was hearing on the radio, very intense, gritty match. Uh, this continued into the second half. A lot of cards given in this game, a lot of cards that weren't given in this game. Just a tough, tough match. It really looked like, I don't know if Adi were going to try to really take it to Ike and thinking that Ike or maybe some finesse team or they were going to be able to push push Ike around. So none of that ever happened, um, just, but a very gritty, gritty, just grimy, I don't know how else to describe it, just like a very heavy, um, like I said, lots of cards. So Ike were granted a penalty. I think it was around, it was somewhere between the 15th and the 20th minute. Like I said, I was on the road at the time, just listening to the radio. Um... Looking back at it, I heard a few fans on the radio, listening to different radio stations and radio programs later on in the day, where they, just a few, considered it a little soft. When I was able to watch the first half a few days later, and I was able to catch the highlights a few days later, or a few hours later, um, I I would tend to agree with that. Like, I think it was... I want to say it was given straight away from the referee, but it's one of those penalties that this has come into our lexicon, our dictionary as football fans in Greek or Greeklish, if you want to call it. Uh, it I wouldn't call it a body show penalty, but I could see how it could be given and could not be given. I feel like I've said that all season about most penalties that are given in the Super League. And if you look around and watch other um, leagues around the world, it's just, it's a part of football now. You know, we all thought VAR was going to be the savior. I know especially Super League fans thought VAR was going to be like the greatest invention ever. Um, but it's still a human game. It Human error is still susceptible because what one pair of eyes sees is not what another pair of eyes sees. Um, but there has to be some continuity there, like I was saying last week on, on penalties. Um, not to drag that out more. Uh, for me personally, it was a little soft. It was a penalty, but I could see how people could call it soft. Um, Araujo was able to, is the, is the one that won the penalty, but I'm about to put it away. 1-0. It's always nice to open up the scoring. Um, and Adi, just with a lot of changes in their lineup, you know, I talked about this in last week's podcast. They were going to be very tired. Uh, they looked kind of drained, but they also played, they also played well. Um, couldn't really control the ball and couldn't really push the ball that much. Like, if my memory serves me correct, I don't even remember one chance, maybe one half chance they had in the first half. And uh, I want to say up until like the 25th, 30th minute was the first time I saw like Adi get deep into Ike territory. Like they were not even passing the center line. Like Ike had possession most of the first half. Um, second half starts out, Adi started a little bit better. They played really well up until the 60th minute where, um, 
one of their players got a second yellow card, and it was about time. I mean, even by the end of the first half, I was like, come on, how are Adi not down to 10 men with now? Because they were really trying to, I don't want to say, and I would never say this about uh, footballers, but I'm not going to say that it looked like they were trying to hurt Ike players, but they were playing very rough. I was really surprised that they did not have a card before that. Obviously, this being a man up and being up by 1-0 uh, really helped Ike. Um, I don't remember when Adi's big chance was. I don't remember if we'd already scored a second goal or not. We Adi had a big chance with a great save by Anathasiadis. I want to say we were already up 2-0, which that would have really put Adi back in the game. Um, I don't remember, guys. I should have really wrote it down. Uh, so great save by Anathasiadis. Um 60th minute also, right after the red card, uh, Gatsinovich, no, no, I'm sorry, Gatsinovich and Eliasson came on in the 70th minute, it was still 1-0, and that kind of changed, turned the game around, fresh legs, two players that just wanted to go out and ball, and um, again, uh, Araujo gets a great opportunity, gets a nice through, through ball in the box, to Gatsinovich, Gatsinovich puts it away. It's 2-0 at this point, and you just you thought an onslaught was coming. Iliason, how amazing was it to see this guy again? I mean, how excited are you guys to, to see him play? I hope he stays healthy. I mean, one of the crosses that he did, someone got on the end of it, but I think they got on the end of it with no power. It The ball was, was headed into goal, but right on the goalkeeper, but that the cross was just so beautiful. It was like, I don't know how to describe it, man. Like It was like Lukumi. Um, <clears throat> just his speed, just the, you know, I, I, we all love Amanabat. We love his heart. We love the passion that the guy plays with. The style of play kind of gets on our nerves at times. I know it, it gets on my nerves, the way he holds the ball. He doesn't seem to pass the ball fast enough. I mean, you can't, you can't change the way this guy plays. I mean, he's still quality. Like Amrabat can give you that quality. He can hold the ball when the ball needs to be held. But in that winger position, you need the 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 abilities that Eliasson has, the speed, the ability to cross the ball, to send in like beautiful crosses um, that other players can get on the end of. Um, especially in the Super League where you're going to be playing up against a lot of closed defenses. Um, to be able to have that speedy player... There on the wing, um, very, very good for Ike. Uh, and now to take it to the moment, I'm going to try not to rant here, guys. Let me take a deep breath. Let me take a sip of water here. But I didn't think anything of this play when I saw it live. I saw the Hattie's player get hurt. I don't understand the uproar. From Aris, and then not just from Aris, from Olympiacos sites, from just Greek media in general, anyone that wasn't Ike, the uproar that Aris did not get a penalty on the play where Anastasiadis went out to punch the ball away. Or have you, do you guys not watch football? I'm talking to the other fans. I mean, I know even some Ike fans said, okay, a penalty could possibly be even there. No, no, no. The keeper went for the ball. The keeper went for the ball. He can't help that the offensive player is diving right into him. Like, if, if, and I think it was a penalty that was given against us. If 
Anastasia Anathisiadis was late to the ball or clobbered him over the head or just fell on the offensive player and didn't even like whiffed at the ball or Episit Zapatulika, you know, fell kind of goofy like it was not a good, if it was not a good clearance, then I can understand, okay, yeah, possible penalty there. But come on, how many times have you guys seen that? How many times have you guys seen it where it is called a foul, but it's called the opposite end? It's called on the offensive player, on the keeper. Um, I just, I was like, come on, man. I, you know, there was an Odi Back West fan on Sport FM that I was listening to that was just like going off about this. And I'm like, come on, dude. I know the guy's like, because he's a regular on Sport FM, Tony Olympiacos. <laughs> um, and he was just going off. And him and uh, Costa Quetzalcoatl were kind of going at it a little bit. It, I'm sorry. If, if, if you've been watching football, if you're the guy, I think he's like in his early 60s. If you've been watching football for that long, let's say over 50 years, and you think that's a penalty, I mean, come on, then you just don't know football. Like, I can understand looking at, 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 at things through a certain type of lens, uh, or being a homer or whatnot, or being a fanboy, whatever you want to call it, but to me, that just was not, that was just a football play. That was, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, so I don't really have much to say about that. Um, Araujo was MVP of the game, of course, on the third goal. I think it was, uh, oh, it was sometime in the 80th minute or so. Um, Araujo got a breakaway. He was one-on-one with the keeper. There was an Adi's defender chasing him. And he had, this was like going left to right. And Araujo kind of passed the ball to Pineda to put the ball away. Um, very unselfish play by the captain. He just, you know, he might not be the scorer. He might not score important goals, which he's had some important goals this season. He might not be that threat that we're always used to seeing Araujo be inside the box and just scoring these lovely goals. But he's doing all this, like, grimy, gritty work. He does so much work for the team. He was truly the MVP. I mean, he was involved in all three goals. He had two assists. I mean, and as a striker, playing that striker position that he played for years, for him to have the self-awareness and the selfishness of not trying to put the ball away from for himself and get the glory because he could have easily done it. It was 2-0 and who cares if it would have went out. Like to just say, okay, I out of my peripheral vision, I see Pineda coming. I'm just going to pass the ball to my left and let Pineda have a wide open shot on target. Uh, just the guy is just a great selfless player. Um, very, very good teamwork there. It's nice, you know, and he celebrated as if it, he had scored the goal. Um, just a great showing by uh, by uh, Araujo. Overall, I feel like through the Greek media, I heard that, um, you know, Ike weren't playing well. They weren't creating the gauntlet of chances that they were at the beginning of the season. Of course, this was a much very tougher Adi's team than it was at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, Adi was in shambles. You know, they had just gone... Pardue, it was a different Adi's team. They played much better. They played some of their young players, which at the end kind of helped Ike. Um, but a very nice victory, a very well-needed victory for the tough games that are coming up. Um, very, uh, I know people weren't impressed, but it was a very good victory. Um, 
and someone had brought up the question, do we think Ike are in some type of bad form? Well, if this is their worst form of the season and we can only get better from now, I mean, if this is the worst form that, that we're going to see Ike have this season, I'm very happy because even in their worst, they can be, they could still beat a strong team like Adis. Um, and from what it's been said from ex-footballers and talking to them, uh, you know, this is where a team shows their real strength. It's not when you're playing your best. It builds character and builds team confidence when you know you're not playing your best, but you're still getting results. And um, that's very key in the in the games to come. So very big victory. You know, 3-0. I, don't, I think the scoreline kind of, you know says something bad about Adis. Sometimes that happens in football. Just like the previous week, you know, the Panathinaikos Pauk match, where I said, you know, uh, Panathinaikos played a lot better than getting beat 3-0 by Pauk, but the scoreline just looked rough. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to talk about the game in Pristeti. Tough game coming up. To me, this is a game that if you take this game, you slowly start building your resume for having a championship run. Yes, we're in a title hunt right now, but you get this game in Pedestetti where both Balkan and Ibiakos have dropped points. It just make it just gives you one more heads up. It gives you an opportunity to whatever happens in the Derby in Tumba to uh, put one of those teams underneath you or both of those teams underneath you. You know, two more points on both of those teams. Um, it's going to be a very difficult game in Pedestetti. Atromitos always, always plays Ike, Ike tough. Um, they're also, um, I don't want you guys to get me sick of using this phrase, but Atromitos are also though a Jekyll and Hyde type of team, meaning like they could go out, they went out two weeks ago and almost beat Olibiakos, and then they would turn around, and I think they drew with like La Mia the following week. So they're one of those like up and down teams where they seem to always play the tough guys or the, the big clubs, the big boys, they seem to play them really tough and then struggle against the the quote-unquote smaller teams. Um, but for some reason, they always play Ike tough. I mean, even the championship year, 17-18, we didn't beat Atromitos that year. We lost at home in Oaxaca, 1-0 by a late goal to Atromitos. Uh, even, I mean, yeah, and then in the return leg, we tied 1-1 with Atromitos because I remember specifically Warda was on loan then and he was a Balk player and just Balk fans were all happy that he was able to get Ike to drop points there in Pretty Steady. And then, I mean, even, you you don't even have to go back that far. You can go back to, I mean, they're the team that played us the best in Philadelphia. They, uh, at the Opaparina, like they, um, they missed a bunch of chances and we needed a penalty in the 95th minute to beat them. So it's going to be a very grimy game, very grind-out type of game. Um, but at the end of the day, to predict the scoreline, I see Ike coming out on top. I see us winning this game either 1-0 or 2-0, possibly 2-1. I think Atromitos has the quality in being at home. And if they play as well as they played us at Hagia Sofia... I could see this game being like Ike getting a quick goal, catching Atromitos off guard or really getting the pressure to Atromitos because that's what Ike does. Um, I could see Atromitos coming back and tying it 1-1 and then us getting like a late winner or 
But I don't see how we drop points here. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't put money on us not dropping points here because it is a possibility. But given the form of both of the teams, I think Ike is going to take care of business against Atomitos and Peristeri this year. I don't think there's no slip-ups here. Uh, let me talk about some other Super League games too. Panathinaikos versus Lamia. The only thing I wrote down for this is a bunch of question marks. Yes, Panathinaikos is, if you want to go chalk, if you want to go with a better team, you would say, okay, Panathinaikos should beat Lamia. But what's getting interesting now is we're getting to that time of year where Atomitos, for example, is getting desperate for points. They want to get to that sixth spot. They want to get into the top half of the playoff bracket so they can have a chance at a European spot or move up as much as they can. So they're going to play Ike tough. La Mia are in a situation where they need to pick up points. They don't care that they're playing Panathinaikos. They're going to go out and try to get points because they're they're looking to be saved, save off relegation. So Panathinaikos are reeling. I mean, they, you know, oh yeah, that's one thing. Okay, guys, hold on. Let me backtrack here because it's, Totally forgot to talk about this. What's going on? Ike are on top of the table. Ike are on top of the table. So we control our own destiny from here on out. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to finish at the top of the table or, or it's over and done with and dusted that we're just going to go on and win all the rest of our games and we're going to stay at the top of the table for the rest of the season. I don't believe that's going to happen. But we're top of the table because Panathinaikos lost to Asteras Tripolis. They didn't play terrible in that game. I watched most of it. You know, the Corbelli's red card hurt them. But they really seem to just have no confidence. Uh, and this is a game where the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Because if you really don't pick up any points here, or you don't you don't pick up all three points, and you drop another two points here, that makes things very, very hard for Panathinaikos. So a very interesting matchup. That's why I put a bunch of question marks. I could see where Panathinaikos could come out here, guns blazing, and pump Lamia like three or four nil. But they're just not that team. They're 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 ha that's their biggest issue. They miss Aitor so much that no one else can score goals for them. I mean, they had some opportunities with Bernard and Palacios, but no one can put the ball in the back of the net for the Greens, and that that's becoming a really really big issue for them. Uh, so I really don't know what to predict from that score. So very exciting stuff. And then to cap it all off, we got Panathinaikos. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Pau Colibiakos and Tumba. Wow. Um, I'm not one that really likes to make, to say, okay, for me to say, oh, I'm going to be pulling for Pau hard because I want, you know, Olibiakos scares me more than anybody else, which they do. I still feel like... The team that everyone in the Super League watches out for is for Olympiacos. They're the, they're the previous champion. They're the team with the most quality. They're the team that if they if they turn it on, they're going to be very hard to beat. I mean, they haven't turned it on all season, but, you know, I mean, they have a lot of quality. Pauk has a lot of quality too, but they both look very shaky at defense. I mean, Pauk beat Livadiacos 3-2. <laughs> Barely beat Livadiacos. Um, but I'm not one to say that I would want... Pauk over Olibiakos or Olibiakos over Pauk. For me personally, I would say the best solution here is for Ike to win and then not care about what's going to happen next. Any other, any result that comes out of this derby is great. If Pauk wins, that means if we won in, in Peristeri, we're eight points ahead of, we keep our distance from Pauk and we're eight points ahead of Olibiakos, which is great. If vice versa, if Olibiakos wins, if it's a tie, 
if we've already won earlier that day in Pedisteri, we're seven points clear of both of them. So uh, I think any result is good for Ike. Uh, like I said, it's top top to bottom. It's going to be very interesting few weeks. I think we have five or six match days left till the end of the regular season until the playoffs start. And then we have the big dead be next Thursday in Olympiakos coming to Yasofia for the first time for the first leg of the Greek Cup semifinals, which is very exciting stuff happening. Uh, stoked about that. Cannot wait. Uh, cannot wait to see what goes on this weekend. I'm happy Iker top of the table. I thought this would happen. I knew Panath- the wheels would come off of Panathinaikos at some point because they were getting very lucky. And you can't, you can get lucky and you need that bit of luck, I think, to make a championship run in any in any capacity. You need that in any sport, in any capacity. You need that little bit of luck, either your opponent's having an off day or you're having an off day and you're still able to pull out a win. But on the other hand, Panathinaikos was relying on it way too much. Um, and you could tell, like, eventually it was going to turn around and bite them. So very exciting stuff going on in the Super League this this week. Hopefully we can get a victory and stay on top of the league. And then, you know, we can talk about the rest of it afterwards next week. Um, let me touch a little bit on the Vasilisa. I get a big win in Constantinople, in Constantinople, as we Greeks refer to it. Uh, in Turkey against Galatasaray. This was very, I was very impressed by this. Um, and I was very impressed by it by not even watching the match. Um, I think it might be available now on YouTube. I don't know why the round of 16 matches are not available on YouTube. The press conferences are and some matches are available later on. If this match is available, I might sit down and watch it at some point this week and maybe even tonight. Because um, that's very impressed. I mean, especially the way we got hammered by Malaga um, and the way, I mean, like I said last week, guys, against Malaga for three quarters, we played really good. Uh, It's just that fourth quarter got away from us. A lot of bad turnovers to be able to go into Turkey in front of what I'm I'm assuming was probably like a very vicious crowd um, and to get this victory and to get a victory by 10 points, that makes a big difference. We sit now second place in group K in the basketball champions league which if things were to end today we would go through because it's the top two teams that go through um but this is a very big victory because malaga beat this other team from france i forget the name that's going to be our next opponent that french team um they beat them pretty soundly so you're looking at malaga probably going to take the top spot and it's going to come between probably us and galatasaray if we can beat this french team next week hopefully if we can put another good showing. The only thing that sucks about that, we're still serving that suspension. I thought the Galatasaray game was going to be an iron Dosha and was going to be the the um was going to be the last home game of the suspension without fans that we were serving. Um but it's actually gonna be Galatasaray. Actually it's gonna be uh this next game against the French team where we could really use the support of the crowd um, hopefully we can get the victory against them and just keep pace with Galatasaray. And now it matters that big difference that we beat them, which is not a lot in basketball, but it's it's a pretty good amount to beat someone by 10 points. Um, if it comes between us and Galatasaray on the last match day, let's say, 
Gonis and I are going to have to beat us by 11 because it goes by an aggregate score. So very, very massive victory for Ike in the BCL. Very proud of the way this team bounced back and was able to play. Um, hopefully they can put it together, not to beat this like a dead horse, but we've just had an up and down year. We've, you know, been Jekyll and Hyde, you know, we'll play, we'll beat Galatasaray one game and then get blown out by or lose to, uh, you know, some crappy team in Greece or something, you know what I mean? So it's been a very difficult season for the Vasilisa, uh, but let's hope they can get it done. This match is going to take place on the 7th, Tuesday the 7th, um, next week, so hopefully a very exciting week coming up. Uh, but that's it, guys. Um, thank you guys for taking a listen. Hopefully, I can win. Hopefully, uh, I'll be here next week still talking about us being top of the table and maybe having a little bit of distance between us and the other teams. Um, very exciting stuff. We're getting into the home stretch. It's just, uh, it's great to watch this football team again. And it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. And uh, that's where I'll end the show today. Guys, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy everything. Enjoy your weekend, period. Que uh, panda. And as always, forza e cara.